Sometimes, says the poet Trina Pugh, sometimes things don't go, after all, from bad to worse. Some years Muscadel faces down frost. Green thrives. The crops don't fail. Sometimes a man aims high and all goes well. It's a poem that's often sprung to mind this week, a small voice of hope, when every bulletin has screamed the opposite, every screen has shown a darker truth. But listen to the poet. A people sometimes will step back from war, elect an honest man, decide they care enough that they can't leave some stranger poor. Some men become what they were born for. Sheena Pugh taught creative writing at the University of Glamorgan until she retired in 2008. I think of her every time I pass the campus at Treforest, what's now the University of South Wales, but what was the old school of mines. A poet working away at her own coal face, digging out verse from a hard heading. The hope which Sheena Pugh's poem expresses seems a fragile thing, hopeless against the iron fist of man's inhumanity to man. And yet, sometimes there is hope, even in the most desperate of days. Despite all the terrors, some good news has come in this last week. It's a local story, too insignificant for the headlines, too small perhaps to count for much, set against the enormity of events in the East. And yet, it's a story that means a lot to me, and to hundreds of others too, so I'd like to share it with you, because right now we all need some good news. Last year, I dedicated one of the editions of John on the Ronda to the history of the Mid-Ronda Athletic Ground. Mid, or the Mid, or the Track. It's the green space at the end of Ely Street in Tonopandi, dilapidated now and overgrown, but a famous sports stadium in its day, hosting top-flight matches, international touring teams and professional sports of several kinds. A century ago, it was the people's field of dreams and the rallying point for the miners and the whole community in the strikes and lockouts, which were part and parcel of their struggle for a living wage and a fairer deal. Much later, in my childhood days, it was a favourite place to sneak in and play pick-up games of soccer and rugby and cricket, despite the attentions of Jack the Groundsman, whose job was to keep the pitch spick and span for organised school fixtures throughout the year, as well as for the annual junior school sports day. My friend and former colleague, Professor Di Smith, one of Wales's most distinguished modern historians, grew up in Ely Street. Di Smith is a bit older than me and he's just written a personal memoir looking back over his life. He's called it Off the Track, because the track is what he and his friends always called the Midronda Athletic Ground. Di has given me a sneak preview of his book. It begins with him and some other nippers racing each other around the track in imitation of some serious older athletes. After a couple of laps, the others all ran out of puff. Die, typical of him, kept on and on and on 
until he had to be told to stop as the evening closed in around him. At that age, he took the name The Track for granted. The professional historian he grew up to be explains in the book why it was called that. I don't think he'd mind me sharing this paragraph with you. The track was so named not because sponsored athletes once ran foot races for prize money around the oval circumference, though they had indeed done so, but for the elevated bicycle track which had originally marked the outer boundary of the enclosed field. Professional cycle racing, cutthroat and dangerous, was one of the avidly relished sporting passions of Edwardian working-class life. It was a rival to boxing in the South Wales coalfield and an equal producer of world-class champions who crisscrossed the Atlantic to etch their names in the record books as they lined their pockets with money made more easily by racing than by cutting coal in a two-foot-high seam. There's another Midronda Smith who remembers playing on the track with Dye in the 1950s, Stuart Smith, known to Penagrag rugby fans as the club's former scrum half and coach, and to generations of Tonopandi schoolchildren as an inspirational PE master at the grammar school and then the comp. I've been talking to Stuart recently about many shared memories and specifically about the campaign he's been involved with for the last couple of years, Save the Midronda Athletic Field. The council, you see, under financial pressure, had announced a plan to sell off the long-neglected ground, giving developers the option of building so-called low-density housing there. Alarm bells rang in Tonopandi. This was our space, people said, our shared space with its special history, a precious green space in a highly built-up area. The campaign got going, gathering mass popular support. Local residents like Phil Rowlands and the late and much-loved Paul Nagel took up the cudgels on behalf of the community. For a long time, it seemed as though they were fighting a David-against-Goliath battle. Housing developers have deep pockets. They're used to competitive tenders, to compiling fully-costed business plans and estimating and justifying things like capital and revenue costs, just as the council were demanding. But the campaigners had something stronger than all that. They had heart. And they weren't going to give up. Last Wednesday, Stuart Smith, Phil Rowlands and John Charles from the Save the Mid campaign met with the leader of Rhonda Cunnantaf Council, Andrew Morgan, and local councillor Gareth Wynne-Hughes at the field. They were able to secure a commitment from the leader that no housing development will take place there after all. There's a new recognition in government, local and national, that welcoming green spaces offer enduring benefits to the well-being of both young and old. Enhancing the quality of daily life is a priority which can outweigh short-term financial gain, and rightly so. So the MID will remain in council hands, 
freely accessible to the public. Remedial work and improvements will begin immediately and in the long term the hope is to restore the playing surface and to construct a heritage trail around the pitch celebrating its famous history. Once again, it will properly belong to those who most cherish it and who most need it. Speaking to Stuart Smith and Phil Rowlands this week about what the campaign has achieved has been a fill-up for me, some comfort in desperately troubled times. In the grand scheme of things, it's a small victory. But we are where we are, and we can only do what we can do. Every time a David stands up against a Goliath, every time good people fight against all the odds for what's right and true and just and fair and lovely, that matters. It matters in its own right, and also for the encouragement it gives to others. Safeguarding the mid as a green outdoor space for future generations in Tonopandi has been described as a triumph of people power. It means so much to so many. That's evident in the hundreds of comments and likes posted on social media as the news broke. The good guys won. It doesn't always go that way, but let's be thankful for the times it does and for the gumption of those who saw it through. Sometimes, says the poet Sheena Pugh, sometimes our best efforts do not go amiss. Sometimes we do as we meant to. The sun will sometimes melt a field of sorrow that seemed hard frozen. May it happen for you. I'm John Geraint Roberts. Join me to kick around some more local history next time in John on the Ronda. <laughs>